Good evening. And it is a beautiful evening, and you're all most welcome here in Glenburn Parish Church tonight. And the folks who are at home and watching us on the live stream, or perhaps watching later the recorded service, it's great that we're all together, that we are, those of us here are back in church. Sadly, we can't sing hymns tonight, but Maria has already sung for you. If you are in your own homes, however, please feel free to, to sing along with the hymns as we continue our journey through Holy Week and share in this service for Monday Thursday. The congregations of Stowbreakirk and Glenburn Parish Church will each meet in their own buildings on Sunday to celebrate the joy of Christ's resurrection on Easter morning. And the service here in Glenburn will include the sacrament of Holy Communion. We are Jesus' disciples, following him as he moves toward the cross, as he wraps a towel around his waist, as he kneels to wash the dust from the feet of his friends. We are Jesus' disciples, longing to be faithful, even as the night grows dark, as betrayers loom, as the powers which oppose the way of Christ press in around us. We are Jesus' disciples, struggling to love others even as Jesus has loved us. We are Jesus' disciples, gathered here to worship God, our Creator, Redeemer, and Sustainer. We praise God in the words and the music of our opening hymn. We sing the praise of Him who died, which is to be found at number 405 in the church hymnary, or number 738 in Mission Praise. We sing the praise of him who died.
we come before God in prayer. Let us pray. Father God, in the closing days of this season of Lent, and as we approach Easter, times which speak more than anything of love, thank you that, above all, you are a God of love, and there is no better word to describe who you are and what you are. Thank you for the immensity of your love, a love that knows no bounds, but extends to all. Thank you that it is not limited to any time or place, but it reaches out to the whole world with every person being precious in your sight. Thank you for love's power to speak across all boundaries and barriers, winning hearts, changing minds and stirring spirits. Thank you for love's power to motivate, to move us from casual acceptance to loving concern, to move us from detached complacency to transforming action. Thank you for love's power to forgive, just as in love you forgive us for our shortcomings and sins. Teach us to be forgiving of the failings of others. Assure us that however much and however often we fail you, that no matter what situations we get ourselves into or situations we have to face, you truly love us and your love will never let us go as it holds us gently but firmly. Thank you that your infinite love was most clearly shown at Easter when having been put to an unjust and cruel death, Jesus rose from the grave, defeating sin and death forever and ensuring that there is nothing or no one which can ever separate us from your love. Our God, accept our thanks and praise for every way in which your love touches and blesses our lives. And hear us now as we continue to pray as Jesus taught us to do, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And now I invite Audrey McLaren to come and read our scripture lesson for us tonight, which is from the Gospel according to John verses 1 to 17, and then 34 and 35. Jesus washes his disciples' feet. It was just before the Passover feast. Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave this world and go to his Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. The evening meal was being served, and the devil had already prompted Judas Iscariot, son of Simon, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped round him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, 
Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, a person who has had a bath needs only to wash his feet. His whole body is clean and you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him and that was why he, had not, he said not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. I tell you the truth. No servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. A new command I give you, Lord, I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Amen, and thanks be to God for his word shared among us tonight. Let us pray. Lord our God, as each day of this holy week comes round, the intensity of the action becomes ever greater, the mystery of its meaning becomes ever deeper, and the message to us becomes ever more challenging. As we reflect on some of what Jesus did this night and on how his disciples reacted, May we too be challenged as they were, challenged to grow in understanding of what Jesus has done for us and to live by his example of loving service. We ask that you would be with us now, that your Holy Spirit would guide our thinking and develop our understanding of what you require of us as we look forward towards Easter and the future into which you are leading us. So hear us and bless us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. This is the second successive year in which the normal activities of our lives, including our Holy Week journey and our celebration of the joy of Easter, have been severely restricted. But in a number of positive ways, albeit with some continuing degrees of restriction, this year is different to last year. As politicians like to remind us, we can now see light at the end of the dark tunnel. Vaccines have been developed and their use is well underway. Restrictions on many aspects of our normal living are gradually being eased. We are again able to worship together in God's house and we yearn for the day, don't we, in which we can all participate more fully in singing our praises to God and in enjoying fellowship with each other and in taking part an active part in the shared activities of the church. For the two congregations represented here tonight, there is another significant way in which this season of the Christian year 
in 2021 is different from last year. And that is that we now know where God is leading us. The direction of travel we are soon to set out on as we become one united congregation, blessed with the resources of both, loving, worshipping and serving God, loving and serving his people. The change in organisational structure as a result of the union of two existing congregations will not of itself mean that more people will hear the good news of Jesus Christ. But what we do together in the future, and indeed within the context of the wider church, has the potential, the great potential, to spread the gospel message. Following Jesus is not a passive activity. For Christians, the clear message from our gospel reading tonight is that we are to be servants. And Jesus set the example for us. The first part of our reading, verses 1 to 17, was about the action, Christian service. And within the second couple of verses, verses 34 and 35, there is the motivation for the action. And that motivation is love. The first verse of chapter 13 tells us that having loved his disciples and the people he met in his life, having shown his love for them in many ways and on many occasions, such as his teaching, his healing, and so on, Jesus now showed his disciples the full extent of his love, demonstrated in the washing of their feet. That is not something we would ordinarily do for anyone, as it seemed to be a very personal thing to do. It is a very lowly thing to do, and it takes a huge amount of humility and grace, not only on the part of the person offering the service, but I think especially on the part of the person who is given and who accepts the offer. In Jesus' time, the culture was very different to ours. Palestine was a hot and dusty country and people wore open sandals. It was the custom to eat at low tables, which meant that the people at the meal were reclining on the floor. They weren't sitting on chairs as you are tonight. They were reclining on the floor, and thus their feet were not far from the faces of other guests. Normally, a servant would be at the door of the house, and the job of the servant was to wash the dirty and tired feet of the guests as they entered. But in this particular occasion, no one had turned up to do it. For a moment, let's just imagine the scene. The first disciples enter the upper room and discover there's no foot washer. Suddenly, for him, it's decision time. Does he wash his own feet? Does he take off his outer garment, go and get the water and wash everyone else's feet? You can see it in his eyes, just what he's thinking. Not me. That's not my job. I'm not a slave. I'm no foot washer. He tries to size up where Jesus will sit as he looks around the room. And he chooses an advantageous, advantageous position at the table. Then the second disciple enters. And he also realizes that there is no foot washer. He sees his friend already seated over there at the table. Well, he thinks, if he's not going to stoop to the level of foot washer, then neither am I. And he heads off towards the second best seat in the house. One by one, 
All the disciples do the same thing. They file in, walk past the water basin, choose the best remaining seats at the table. They recline. They stick their dirty feet in each other's laps. And lastly, Jesus enters. He looks at the water. He looks at the filthy feet of the disciples and the smell is apparent. You can see it in his eyes, just what he's thinking. Three years, oh, three years, sermon after sermon, illustration after illustration, confrontation after confrontation. It all looks a lot like failure. If we were put into a situation which demanded that we make a decision to do something which either we think is not our role or our duty, something which doesn't fit comfortably with our perception of our own status or importance, or which the rest of folk aren't prepared to do, what would be our immediate reaction? Would we follow in the queue of disciples, sneak past the basin and the towel, then find a place for ourselves at the table? You know, as I think about this question, and I quite often do, it always challenges me greatly. I like to think that I am someone who will always do what I can to help anyone. But I wonder, would I accept that particular challenge? Is it comfortable? No. I don't find it particularly so. But I do know that if I am a disciple of Jesus in 2021, if I am a reader serving in this presbytery and an elder serving in my home congregation, I can only conclude that a rethink is required. And as I do so, let me throw out a question to you. Where are you on this one? Let's go back to the gospel narrative. Jesus walks to the table and reclines. He just sits there silently. Maybe someone will at least have the humility to wash the feet of their master. But no, nobody moves. What did Jesus do? We read, during supper, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God, got up from the table, took off his outer robe and tied a towel around himself. He then pours water into the basin. Disbelief and embarrassment fill the eyes of the disciples as Jesus begins to wash the feet of the first disciple you can see something deeper in their eyes. Agony, regret, maybe even tears, as they wrestle with searching questions and uncomfortably haunting questions. What's the matter with me? How did I miss this? My whole world revolves around me. It's bad enough. I wasn't humble enough to wash my brother's feet, but I wouldn't even wash my saviour's feet. 
How could I have done this? In the silence of that room, the careful, deliberate washing must have lasted a long time. Jesus was on his knees cleaning his disciples' feet because none of them was willing to stoop that low to serve. So Jesus became their servant. This is how Jesus showed them the full extent of his love by being a servant. And what was the motivation that led him to do this? It was love. As I have loved you, he said, so you must love one another. Listen again to verses 34 and 35. I give you a new commandment that you love one another just as I have loved you you also should love one another. And by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. In other words, Jesus was saying that the hallmark of being a Christian, of being recognized by others as a Christian, of being recognized as a follower of Jesus Christ, is that we show love for one another. And that is love which is not just an emotional feeling. It's love in its working clothes. Love expressed in service. But Jesus went further and said then, and he still says to us now, do you realize how people will know that you follow me? They will know if you love one another. What does that mean for us today? Christian servanthood, first of all, is founded on loving God, but what must flow from that is being the means, the channel, the artery through which the love of God, sorry, through which the love that God has for all people is shown, not only in words, but also in practical ways of service, ways which lead people to see Jesus for themselves and in him to find forgiveness and new life. Many people across the generations of faith have answered the call of our Lord as they have left the comforts of home and the security of family and the familiar, as they've gone to other countries to be the servants of people there, giving of their professional skills as medics, as teachers, as builders, as translators, and much, much more, but all of it in the context of being missionaries, sharing the message of the gospel, about the sacrificial and redeeming love of God. But you know what? God doesn't call everybody to be missionaries in foreign places. He calls most of us to mission just where we are. Even in the darkness of all the loneliness and loss, the pain and the sadness caused by the pandemic during the last year or more, being of service to others has been shown in so many fantastically valuable ways by individual people and families, by our local communities and our faith communities. And as the darkness gives way to light, may the values and habits of service which we have developed and implemented never be abandoned or lost. Tonight, as we stand on the threshold of the darkest of days, and tomorrow, when we recall the horrors of Good Friday, may our inspiration to go forward into the future be that of the example of lowly service given by the servant king to his disciples.
as our two congregations of Glenburn and Stowbury come together in union and step out into a new future. I pray that God will lead and guide you as you form a new and vibrant community of people serving a loving God, as you serve each other and serve people who hunger to know God, as all that is done is motivated by love, by love that does not count the cost, by love such as that which was shown by the Lord who was rejected and nailed to a cross, by love which is of God and which is God's gift to all his people. Amen. We continue in praise in a hymn, the words of which are probably new to us, but you will recognize the tune, the beautiful, lilting Scottish tune, Vanessen, the hymn, Here at Your Feet, Lord. that we do now. We come together in prayer. Lord our God, as we journey again with Jesus through this most holy of weeks, we recognize that nothing we can do or nothing we can say can ever thank you enough for what you have done for us in Christ, that you sent him into our world to teach us about your great love and to show it in action, as in the sharing of a meal Jesus established a new covenant for all people, and in the washing of his disciples' feet, he showed us the dignity of service. Lord Jesus, help us to see and understand the deep significance of what happened in these days so long ago, days which we commemorate each year, that as you took off your robe to kneel humbly and wash away the dust from the feet of your disciples, you foreshadowed that you would be stripping off your clothing and would be hung on a cross, 
you would be stripped of your clothing and you'd be hung on a cross to wash sin away from the hearts of people. Help us to see and understand that your love is shown not just by the basin and the towel of the upper room, but by your cross and death at Calvary. Heavenly Father, too easily we forget just how much we take for granted the vast range of ways in which our lives are made easier, better and more fulfilling by the service which other people give us, many or most of whom we do not know and may never know as individuals. And so we bring to you our prayers for people whose lives are dedicated to the service of others. We pray for those involved in getting food to us, farmers and growers, pickers and packers, transport and delivery teams, retail workers, hospitality staff. Lord, may we never take them for granted, but always acknowledge their value and be grateful for what they do. We pray for those whose work is devoted to the care of others, medical, nursing and care staff, scientists and researchers, social workers, befrienders and counsellors, staff in the emergency services, teachers and tutors. Lord, may we never take them for granted, but always acknowledge their value and be grateful for what they do. We pray for those who work to build and maintain the smooth and equitable running of society, politicians and decision makers, those involved in all aspects of transport for people and for goods, lawmakers and those who interpret and enforce the law. Lord, may we never take them for granted, but always acknowledge their value and be grateful for what they do. We pray for people for whom we rarely, if ever, acknowledge as being those to whom we owe a debt of gratitude for the service which they provide to us. People whom we may only encounter for a fleeting moment. People whose paths we may never cross again, but on whom we depend so much, so much more than we realize. Lord, may we never take them for granted but always acknowledge their value and be grateful for what they do. God of infinite love, sometimes and too easily, we can forget that love and service have two similar aspects, that they can both be given and received. And whilst we thank you that we can show and receive love, thank you too that we can both offer service to glad recipients of it. We realize that for varied reasons, there are many people who do not believe or accept that they have any value to society or to anyone else. They are sure that no one is interested in them or cares for them. So for these people, we offer our prayers that by the love, the concern and the service which others show and give them, they may know acceptance and love which is of God not only from other people, but from us, from us whom Christ continues to call to love one another and to follow the example of what he has done for us. So be it, Lord. Amen. Our final hymn this evening is that wonderful song, 
written by Graham Kendrick and entitled The Servant King. It's to be found in the church hymnary number 374 and mission praise number 162. From heaven you came, helpless babe. If you are able, please be upstanding. 
love God and serve the people. Love the people and serve God. And may the blessing of God, Father, Son, and Spirit be with us, with the people we love and who love us, with everyone for whom we have prayed this night, tomorrow, and always. Amen.